We are at the quarterway of the season, and we are going to go through the contenders, the pretenders, and some teams and players who the jury is still out on. All that and much more on today's episode of Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked on NHL's Western Conference Tuesdays with myself, Brett Holden from Locked on Oilers. And we have a new co-host with me, Dane from Locked on Stars. Dane, how are you doing? Welcome. I'm doing good, Brett. It's uh, nice to be on the national show and here talking the Western Conference on Tuesdays. It's uh, an interesting conference to say the least. Maybe not as noteworthy at times as the East, but still a lot to talk about and I know especially today when we're talking contenders pretenders and you know kind of where all these teams stand because I think we have a good idea on most of them but there's still a few teams that I, we don't know what they are and, and I don't think they know what they are either <laughs> that's a good way of putting it and we're gonna try and put you know what's always fun Dane is labels we always love putting labels on things that's kind of our job and that is what we are going to continue on today with as you mentioned the contenders the pretenders and uh, the players and the teams that the jury is still out on yes we're a quarter of the way through uh, i've been mentioning that now during this part of the season you know what you've got on your team you know what you need to fix and now it's just a matter of doing those things so let's start off with those teams that already have their stuff figured out and those players as well that already have their stuff figured out the contenders the teams that are really blowing it out of the water so far this year. Dane, who's really catching your eyes so far this year? Yeah, and, and I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm a little bit more familiar with the Central Division, so I'll start there, and it'd be easy for me as the host of Locked on Stars to say the Dallas Stars, and I think they certainly belong in this conversation as well, but you can't really talk about this season and talk about the teams that are seeming to be legit if you you know, you have to mention the Winnipeg Jets, which as a, someone who follows the star so closely, stings a little bit to say, uh, or is at least very confusing given who their coach is and given kind of who's on their roster. I mean, it's a good roster with, you know, a good mix of young talent, but also some older veterans that are still leading the way. And it seems like Rick Bonus, who's the coach there now, has kind of come in and transformed this locker room and somewhat transformed this organization and they find themselves at the top of the central division which I don't think too many people expected as we're what two weeks away from Christmas and I mean sooner or later the season's going to reach a halfway point we're going to get into the spring and so the question really is for them can they maintain what they've done uh, and really what they've done is find a way to win games and find a way to be competitive despite not having the most explosive offense in the league but they really do have some great goaltending Connor Hellebuck who's won a Vesna trophy before is maybe having an even better season this time around than he did when he won that Vesna trophy. And so you, you talk about contenders and teams that seem to be legitimate. Uh, I think the Winnipeg Jets, you know, skyrocket to the top of that conversation just because I think a lot of people expected them to cool down. They kind of got off to a hot start, but here they are on what December 13th and first place in the division, 37 points. And they, they seem to be in a really good place right now. 
Yeah, you mentioned at the start of the season, I don't think a lot of people would have had Winnipeg where they were. They they took the captaincy away from Wheeler. There was a lot of, uh, even before the season started, before the new coaching change, when Shifley's going out there and going, uh, well, I have to talk to my agent and see what's going on. He stays, and now you kind of see the whole Shifting of the guard, changing of the guard here in Winnipeg. It's a new attitude. It's a team that believes in themselves and something that it, almost Paul Maurice hasn't been able to pull out of that club in a long time. They didn't have a lot of changes over the season, the summer. So there wasn't, it's not like new personnel is coming in and changing the whole locker room. They're getting the right things done as a team and as a, a system. And it's very impressive to see as a team who has played Winnipeg or uh, the Dallas has played Winnipeg, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. All, all three times. And they, they played like three times in the first month of the season and they don't play again for the rest of the season. So very familiar oh. with each other, but likely won't meet again. Maybe they'd meet in the playoffs, which given their season series would be a, a very interesting set, you know, best of seven games, but yeah, Dallas, no more games against Winnipeg this season, but pretty familiar with them. Those schedule makers are in one this year. What's one thing do you think that that really sets uh, uh, Winnipeg apart this year? I, I think, I mean, based on what we've seen, I think it really is the, the the buying in of the players. I mean, obviously, we aren't in that locker room or in that organization knowing what's being said, but having you know watched the Dallas Stars over the past several seasons, I know that Rick Bonus, while some people may criticize his style of coaching or you know the way his teams plays, which is a totally different conversation, you can't really deny that he's very passionate about the game. He cares about his players. He cares about their families. I mean, he's an easy guy to like if you're a player. And so I just have to imagine that his mindset, his attitude is something that these players have connected with. And I think that that's translating on the ice. Cause I think a lot of people have been saying the talents there in Winnipeg, they just need the right person to manage that locker room. And I think the same with Dallas, I think, you know, you look at Pete DeBoer, I think those players have bought in there and they're having success too. So sometimes you can have the right pieces. You just need that, that leader to kind of, you know, finally come in and set the tone for the team and they're doing really well. I mean, you talk about some of the drama in the off season. I remember at one point we were talking about Pierre-Luc Dubois potentially leaving <laughs> and going elsewhere. And now he's second on the team in points. So it, it seems to be a good situation there in Winnipeg. And I mean, I had them missing the playoffs, not necessarily because they're a bad team. I just thought some of the other teams in the central were a little bit better and a little bit well, better, well set up uh, to make the postseason. But so far I've been proven wrong. Um, let's talk about now the Pacific division. Cause I, mine is from the Pacific division. And I guess we're kind of cheating a little bit because mine is also the, the division leader in this one, but this is because it's, it's been coming and they have the the tools to do so and that is the Vegas Golden Knights. Yes, the first year of the Vegas Golden Knights being in the NHL, they went to the Stanley Cup final. Then after that, it was a slow I don't want to say deterioration because that implies that there's been some sort of destroying of the team. However, you saw for the first time in franchise history, the Vegas Golden Knights missed the playoffs and you're sitting here and going, can this team really get good this year? Then in the offseason, they lose Robin Leonard. 
And now you're sitting on this goaltender who used to play in the AJHL in Logan Thompson. And a long time ago, did he play in the AJHL? And now he's sitting out there. He's standing on his head. He's been a fantastic. Heck, I believe he, he still has Calder status, if I'm not mistaken. And I he's think still. So. Yeah, he's still in that conversation to win it this year alongside Stuart Skinner, but we're not going to talk about that either way. <laughs> um, but you have guys like Chandler Stevenson, like all, all throughout your lineup who uh, have kind of been quiet contributors. Chandler Stevenson, Jonathan Marshall, so all these guys who can go out there and produce. And then you finally have Jack Eichel playing the way Jack Eichel should be playing and that is a pretty deadly combination, if you ask me. Yeah, absolutely. That that's exactly what I was gonna say. Is I think really what's you know changed this team this season has been having Jack Eichel back fully healthy and doing what we saw him do whenever he was in Buffalo. But now I think you can argue he has that better supporting cast, and that's a huge reason why he's the top of the team in points. But like you said, it's Marsha Salt, it's Stevenson. Mark Stone, Shay, I mean, you just go up and down this list and it's a, a very solid roster. Not too many superstars or not too many franchise players, maybe outside of a guy like Eichel. But I mean, it's guys who know how to play. And e even last season, I mean, yes, they missed the playoffs and it's a, a disappointing season by their standards, but they were still a good team. They were just ravaged by injuries and could not get quite across the finish line. I mean, they were in the race for one of those last wildcard spots up until the second to last week of the season. So not you know not too much turnover there obviously a new coach in as well that just seems to be the theme this season is if you got a new coach you're probably having a pretty good season and so <laughs> Vegas off to a good start and you know we were talking about this before we were recording the the Pacific has been so odd this season but it feels like the the Golden Knights since day one uh, have really just been a certainty of they're a good team and they're a really tough team to beat because of the talent throughout the roster. And Thompson, too, a guy that I personally just didn't know a whole lot about going into this year. And he has, you know, overperformed on whatever the expectations have been this season. And you can't forget about Phil the Thrill. Phil the Thrill is still one of the best, more underrated players, I think, in this league. I, I was watching him play just the other night, and just he, he still has that uppity game to him. It's it's pretty impressive. Uh, we'll move on to the pretenders in just a second. But, Dane, I just want to mention, I think I would be remiss without mentioning the Surgeons. Not even Surgeons, because he scored 41 goals last year. But, uh, I mean... Jason Robertson is done. Uh, he, he's pretty real this year, eh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's, you know, there was doubt that he was even going to be maybe playing for this team at the start of the season. He holds out on training camp and waits until, you know, a week before the regular season starts to get his deal done. Uh, I, I say he waits. I mean, the front office, too, was trying to figure <laughs> out how to get him signed and, you know, properly pay him for what he does. And now he's probably the most underpaid player in this league given what he's doing and uh, certainly if he keeps us up we'll be in line for a big deal uh, big extension you know three four years down the line but uh, yeah it's it's unbelievable what we're seeing from Jason Robertson and I, I know he's cooled off a little bit as as 18 game point streak ended last week but still still playing on a, at an incredibly high level and you know playing on one of if not the best lines in hockey with Rope Hints and Joe Pavelski. 
Absolutely. All righty. Yeah, one thing that uh, the Dallas Stars nor Jason Robertson is, and that is a pretender. We will get into our pretenders of the quarter century mark. Quarter century? We don't even play 100 games. Either way, at the quarter mark of the NHL season in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. They've got it all at Bet Online. Dane, I don't know if you've watched a lot of this World Cup here, but Argentina and Croatia playing today, and then we got uh, little Morocco and France. That's going to be interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You always love the the Cinderella stories in these tournaments, mm. and Morocco has filled that role very well. So should be some entertaining games for sure. By the way, both Croatia and Morocco in Canada's group. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Either way, if you <laughs> love sports podcasts, which if you're listening to this one, you probably do, they've got those at Bet Online as well. They've got the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Dane, where we are going to continue with our show today is the pretenders of the uh, quarter mark of the NHL season so far. We've seen a lot of teams really come to the top of the, the cream of the crop almost, but some teams that we thought were going to be the cream of the crop haven't really done so. And that is one of the teams that you've sat here and go, this is a pretender, isn't it, Dane? Yeah. And, you know, again, sticking with with my side of things on the central, there's a couple ways that I could have gone here. And uh, there's one team that I'll probably talk about in the next segment about we still don't really know uh, who almost could have made this cut. But I think they're finally starting to turn the corner. But for this time around, I will go ahead and talk about the St. Louis Blues, uh, a Ooh. team that, you know, made it to the what the, you know, the second round last season played Colorado pretty hard. And it's not to say that they're necessarily a bad team this season. I just think that they're underperforming, you know, based on what the expectations were for them this season, which was to be a pretty solid team. I mean, they re-sign Robert Thomas and uh, Jordan Cairo gets a new deal in the offseason. I mean, they bring back a ton of their talent. Jordan Bennington was still expected to be, you know, a, a top goaltender in the league. And he's taken a little bit of a turn and also is just become kind of a villain this season with some of his yeah. antics that don't involve stopping the puck from going into the net. And so not to say that they're, you know, an awful team, but tied for fifth in the division with Nashville at only 27 points. They had that eight game losing skid at one point in the season. And there's of course a lot of time to turn it around. But I mean, if you're a blues fan and you follow the team, maybe you have a little bit more insight on it for, you know, what, what is going on exactly with this team, but the stars have only played them once this season. And, they just didn't look all that great. Not a bad team, not a great team, though. It seems like if they kind of keep on this pace, they might could flirt with the playoff spot. But I, I think ultimately, if they keep doing what they're doing, they might miss out this season. And uh, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I, I think what it is is that St. Louis has been easy to play against, and that's not something that you've been able to say about the Blues for the last couple of years, you mentioned Bennington. He hasn't been the same. They moved on from Huso, So it's not like they have a whole bunch of uh, 
goaltending display going on right now. Their defense has been shoddy. I mean, Robert Thomas is their leading scorer right now, but Robert Thomas hasn't been fantastic this year either. Uh, six goals, 12 primary assists, seven of them coming uh, secondary, uh, coming as a secondary assist for him. So you sit there with those 19 assists and six goals, and you wonder who else can help contribute here. Jordan Cairo, 23 points for the. I, I don't. I, I sit here and I, I look at their club, and there's no real star power anymore. Tarasenko isn't the same Tarasenko as he's been in years past. There's Robert Thomas. We've already mentioned him, who's doing all that he can. But Ryan O'Reilly went goalless in the first. How many games? So got his first goal this season against the Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton. And then after that, he didn't score his next goal for another X amount of games. Uh, there's just not a lot of support going on for St. Louis. Yeah, no, I, 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 it, it's really tough to see because, again, you, you come into this season expecting them to be pretty decent, a tough team to play against at least, and you haven't gotten that. Now they're sitting... And out of a playoff position, sixth in the central, only above Arizona and Chicago. That's that's really saying something, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's so odd. And I mean, that's just how sports work sometimes. I mean, this is a very similar team to what they had last year. Like you said, Billy Huso leaves in the offseason and David Perron goes and joins the Red Wings. But I mean, you yeah, don't really yeah. think that those guys are the the difference makers on the team, especially Huso, because he was more the the backup to Bennington. But now we've seen even in Detroit uh, that he seems to be a legitimate starting goalie. And so it, it's so odd to see. I mean, especially just with how good they've been since winning the cup. I mean, sometimes you'll see teams take a step back. And obviously the Blues haven't been back to the Stanley Cup finals since winning in 2019, but they've still been a threat and they've still hung around. But and a lot of these guys, a lot of their older players kind of near the end of their contracts. And I mean, who knows what this team's going to look like next season. And it kind of felt like going in that this would be one last hurrah for this core before they kind of start to officially usher in this next generation where Kairou and Thomas are are the faces of this team. Uh, and guys like Tarasenko and O'Reilly are kind of on their way out. So I don't think it's been the season that Blues fans or even the team has wanted up to this point. But as weird as it is to say, it feels like we're seeing them maybe be a little bit of a pretender this season, and they they might you know stick around the the middle of the pack in this central division when it's all said and done. Billy Huso currently tied for the league lead in shutouts with Connor Hellebuck with three. So yeah, maybe a goaltender the uh, uh, Blues would have liked to keep a uh, hold on to here. Now for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna have two. One's gonna be a little bit of a cheat because you're you're gonna take a look at them in the the standings and go, what are you talking about? But I'll leave that one for the second. The first pretender for me right now. And that's the Vancouver Canucks. He came in here. They brought in Ilya Mikheyev. They brought in Andre Kuzmenko. Uh, I mean, you got to believe in Bruce. And none of that has happened. None of that has happened. I mean, f to start the season, they have had, uh, what, the record amount of games where you lead and go on to lose, which is genuinely impressive. I don't know why we're vilifying them because that is an impressive feat, if you ask me. But, I mean, you got guys like Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, who's having 
an underrated year, I would say. I think he has been a victim of the media, the Canadian media especially. I think you go out there and see him play, and it's pretty he goes out there trying. This is the issue: is that Brock Besser is out there playing for another team. He's playing to get a different team right now to play for. He's trying to get a trade. Let's be real here. Um, but that's the issue: is that there's a lot of guys on this team that are doing the same thing. Bo Horvat, who now news is coming out over the last couple of days, is that he's rejected the final offer sent to Van sent to him by Vancouver. A guy who is named the captain after the Sedins were the captain of the the organization. That is not an easy thing to be handed and to be given and earned, I should say, because that is what Bo Horvat did: is earn that that captaincy. But everything around him has started to come down. The ownership, I don't know if Alvin knows what he's even doing. And it seems like everybody in the front office is trying to push Bruce Boudreaux out of the organization. And everything that we talk about when it comes to the Vancouver Canucks is off the ice. Then the on the ice is secondary. What is the issue with the Vancouver Canucks? It it really beats me. I mean, I'm right there with you. Of on paper, it really seems like things should be working out. And I mean, I don't think anyone expected them to be top of the Pacific Division, but I don't think anyone expected them to be sixth. You know, right, right now, only above who the Ducks and the Sharks, who were both expected to be at the bottom of that division this season. I, I mean, I think it's similar. You know, maybe Vancouver is to the Pacific what St. Louis is to the Central. Of they weren't expected to maybe be at the top, but not expected to be as low as they are. And you name all those great players, and Bo Horvat is you know top five this season in goals, uh, which you you would think would be something that Vancouver fans should be celebrating, saying, "Look at our guy, our captain, taking over and leading this team." And really, outside of him, the rest of this season has just felt kind of like a waste up to this point. They they can't really seem to get things figured out, and and a, the Bruce Boudreau situation is so fascinating because really this time last year, whenever he took over as coach, fans couldn't get enough of him because it seemed like he was you know, turning things around with the coaching change and they were giving teams trouble and they were in the playoff race pretty deep into the season as well. And so there was reason to believe that they would be in it for the majority of this season and that they would really be near the top half of that Pacific division. So it's one of the weirdest situations in the league this season. Mm -hmm. They, they have plenty of talent. The coach seems to be there. Although, like you said, it seems like now maybe a lot of people want him gone. So an unfortunate situation, especially for a lot of these younger players that I think were excited and optimistic about this season. And now it seems like it's slowly starting to, to go down the drain. Well, you mentioned the younger players and guys like Facility Pod Coles, and he's seen time, if I'm not mistaken, he's been sent down. Uh, Niels Hoglander as well. And, and a, a guy like Andre Kuzmenko was brought in because Pod Colson was going to be in the lineup, was going to be playing, and he knows him. He's friends with him. Now he, he's uh, – and, and that's the thing. You have a very good Russian player who's now potentially – sitting here feeling lonely and that's not a good thing in the NHL when you have a perfectly good 
option over in the KHL for those types of players. You, you've seen it. Uh, hey, as, uh, as somebody who has seen lots of Edmonton Oilers players a la uh, Alexi Mikanoff. Yes, I just called out Alexi Mikanoff. Um, there are a lot of uh, potential issues that come down to not having those types of players. And that, again, comes down to the front office. So, yeah, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot that needs to go on for the Vancouver Canucks for them to have some sort of success here, I think. Um, my other team, before we move on to our jury is out on the, the teams and the players here, mine is the Seattle Kraken. Yes, I know. There, I, I'm pulling up the, the, the standings now just to make sure that they are in fact still in second place. They are still in tied second for second. Place. Yes. Oh yeah. There or, you go. Tied for well second. with at least in points. They have a better point percentage yes. in LA, but both at thirty five points. But they, yeah, yeah, they they're second. And, and that's uh, when we're going into the season, and we're going, who's going to be in the top of the who's going to be in the Pacific race? Everybody went Edmonton. Calgary and then probably Los Angeles got a little bit of Vegas love, but mostly Los Angeles and nowhere, even Vancouver got more, more love. Nowhere did anybody have the Seattle Kraken tied for second in the division. Heck, I think at one point they were even top in the division at the start of the season. What? Excuse me? I'm sorry, but this is also the team who is mismanaging. Uh, well, you know what? I will say recently they have been better with the fourth overall draft pick in Shane Wright, but that's only recently. This team, I don't understand it, but it has been able to, to bring everybody together and play good hockey. But I don't think it will last. I think this is all just a massive facade because there is zero reason why a team who is being led in points by Andre Burakovsky should be in such a good position they are in, in the league right now. Jordan Eberle. Yes, Jordan Eberle, who was selected in what? The 2008 NHL draft by the Edmonton Oilers is currently second on the team. And then it's Matty Beneers, who has had, who will probably win the Calder this year. He has been a fantastic player. But that core three, that top three of Burakovsky, Jordan Eberle, and Matty Beneers, you're telling me that's your king? Oh, I just, I don't know what it is about this Seattle Kraken team that they're able to put it together. It's like the Island of Misfit Toys, but here they are. I don't get it, but I don't think that they're going to be able to, to keep it going. Yeah, I, I think I'm right there with you. I think they're a good story. And for Seattle fans, you have to be excited for the future, knowing that you do have Maddie Beneers and then Shane Wright, who, like you said, was being mismanaged, but it seems like they're maybe starting to figure it out. And, you know, he scores his first goal in Montreal. I mean, how how great is that? I mean, that's the reason you watch sports like the NHL is for, you know, petty storylines like that. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, I haven't really seen many of their games this season. But from what I can see, it seems like they are, you know, overachieving at this point in the season. Whether or not that can remain consistent, like you said, seems less than likely just given the personnel. But, you know, it, it's a good story. And I think that 
for at least for that locker room and for that organization. They, they have to feel good for where they're at. And it's good to know that you have a guy like Matty Beneers who can be with this team for, you know, 10, 15 years. And hopefully Shane Wright continues to develop and they'll, they'll have a nice dan- dynamic duo leading the way for, you know, what's to come for this franchise. And not to mention, Jager Furkis was also selected by the organization. They have a, a defenseman as well in that organization. I can't think of his name, but off the top of my head, but they have a lot of a, a good drafting so far from the Seattle Kraken, but I don't know how that's translating to this year. Either way, we've gone through our contenders, we've gone through our pretenders, but there's still teams and players that were just... Eh, What's going on? What, where, and who will you be by the end of the season? We will talk about those teams in just a second. But first, I want to thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen today. Now for your second listen, make sure you tune in to Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you find your podcast. Alrighty, Dane. As mentioned, we've gone through the pretenders. We've gone through the contenders. But there are some teams that you're still sitting there and going, come on. But like, like either figure it out or, or as as uh, the way my mother got uh, my father to propose to her, either poop or get off the pot. What is going on with what are some teams that you're sitting there going? What, what's going on here? Yeah, I mean, there's quite a few teams you could talk about in in this boat of we don't really quite know what they are yet just because they're, you know, what we've seen from them, their output has been wildly inconsistent. Uh, and I use the word wildly intentionally because that's the team I hey. want to talk about. Uh, the team from Minnesota. I know getting a <laughs> win last night, I believe, over the Oilers in a, a pretty close contest, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yep. I know you would have a little bit more knowledge on that than me. Just saw that woke up this morning and saw that they they got it out a pretty big win. But now they find themselves third in the Central Division, which is a pretty big jump. They were one of the teams in the Central, kind of like St. Louis, that got off to a slow start this season. But slowly but surely, they've started to seemingly figure things out and kind of trend in the right direction at you know, 15, 11, and 2. Like I said, third in the division, but only behind Winnipeg and Dallas, but above Colorado, only by two points. But still, I mean, while Colorado has all these injured players, if you're a team like Minnesota, you want to try to distance yourself from a team like the Avs because once they get all those players back, uh, they're bound to be deadly. But the Wild are just such a bizarre team this season. They, of course, have Kirill Kaprizov. They have Matt Zuccarello. You know, they have a lot of those returning players. They had Matt Boldy's kind of a new face to the team. And the biggest question for them this season was the goaltending situation because both of their starters from last season and uh, Cam Talbot and their their second goalie now, the name is escaping me, but he's not there anymore. And now they bring in Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, who was supposed to be the starter. He comes in last season for the playoffs and does okay. And the question, at least on my end, was can he continue to play at a high level? Because we know that Marc-Andre Fleury is one of the best goalies of this recent generation, but father time always catches up and you know eventually takes over, uh, especially for an NHL goalie. Uh, and as they you know continue to age, the body wears down. And and you know, it's been up and down with Marc-Andre Fleury this season, but I think he's really starting to continue to find his game despite being in his upper 30s. And that's a huge reason for their success on top of you know, the scoring that they are getting from Kirill Kaprizov, 17 goals and 18 assists on the season. 
So, I mean, they're just a weird team. I, I, I don't think they're great. I think they maybe could reach that level, depending on maybe what they do around the trade deadline and if they continue to stay healthy. But, you know, they also have found a way to overcome some early season adversity, which I think says a lot about their group. Uh, and they're not going to be an easy out any night. Uh, I know the Stars have already played them once this season, and, you know, they, they know that good and well in a, a, an overtime shootout game. And any team that plays the Wild and has them on their schedule, whether it's a home game or an away game, that's that's not an easy outing. And if they can make it to the postseason, I think it'll be the same way, even if they're not one of the higher-seeded teams. It, it's not a team that you necessarily want to go into a deep seven-game series with. Koppel Kakinen was the goal. Yes, I knew – I knew. I knew I knew it had a, a K in there somewhere. Yeah, and actually a ton of them. <laughs> but yeah, yes, that's no. true. That's true. And you're right, though. Goaltender who kind of came out of nowhere for the Minnesota Wild. He ends up getting shipped off to uh, San Jose, and now you're sitting there without Cam Talbot, without Kakinen. They get uh, uh, Flurry at the deadline last year, if I'm not mistaken. You yes. finally you're sitting there going, okay. Fine, we got a goaltender, and he's done very well. Matt Boldy, I think, is the most underrated player in the NHL. I had to think about it and think of other players, but Matt Boldy can produce at a clip and at the same time take over games. That's exactly what he did against the Edmonton Oilers just last night. A goal and an assist in a game that only saw three total goals, two of which for the Minnesota Wild, chipped in on both of them. And he, he can really play a strong 200-foot game. He's a smart player, and I just... I think he needs to get more love, Dane. I, I do. I love Matt Boldy. Um, but yeah, they are a very up and down team. Do I think maybe a little bit of their schedule plays into that? A little bit. They just had to go from Edmonton on, on Friday play in Edmonton, play Edmonton, play Vancouver on the Saturday and hockey night in Canada the following night, and then fly back to Minnesota and play the Edmonton Oilers. So they win 2-1 in that one. They won 3-0 against Vancouver, and they lost 5-2 against the Oilers in their last three games. That's not an easy trip to go from Edmonton to Vancouver to Minnesota, and both teams then also traveled on the Sunday to go back to Minnesota. You saw that in the game there where both teams were just kind of lacked the intensity, and I think Minnesota kind of gets into that issue a little bit sometimes they lack intensity but then at times they can be that rough and rowdy minnesota wild that we're used to and you're seeing it now with ryan reeves being in their lineup that was a great addition by the minnesota wild and i think now that's starting to help their identity they're a difficult team to face when you have their top six rolling with guys like the the caprizovs the boldies the the zuccarellos i mean joel erickson is another one of those very underrated players and, and you can have those players at the top of their lineup going out there to play and then you have those guys like marcus felino and ryan reese who can go out there and just muck it up at any point and make it very difficult to play against them. Yeah, no, I I, I love that show. Dane, I hate to do this because uh, I, I would always say with Jess that I, I, I hate being a homer. And I hate bringing up the Oilers and, or the, the, the Flames. But uh, I'm going to say it. I think... The, the team that the jury is still out on is the team that a lot of people had topping the Pacific Division this year, and that is the Edmonton Oilers. 
Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are doing Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl type things. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is having a career year at 29 years old. And Zach Hyman over the last couple of games has a goal and nine assists for 10 points. The Edmonton Oilers have a great core. But then it's hit or miss after that. And that is where the Edmonton Oilers are sitting in, in, in almost despair going, oh my goodness, we can win games like they did against the, yes, it's the, the Arizona Coyotes. But you win 8-2 because you got guys like Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl who couldn't go out there and play. But sometimes you got guys like Derek Ryan who can look like Connor McDavid for some reason, sometimes. The Edmonton Oilers are currently hammered with injuries. Warren Fogle is bound to uh, uh, come back during this uh, road trip. But they're also missing guys like Ryan McLeod, who is very important to their team. Evander Kane, we all know his story right now. And, and the Edmonton Oilers are sitting there and really missing these guys. But even when they were in the lineup, the Edmonton Oilers were going win to loss, win to loss, win to loss. And you're sitting here wondering, can the Edmonton Oilers figure it out in time before it's too late, before they become a 500 club, and then also become a team that's so mediocre, they're not even in the Connor Bedard race, which the Edmonton Oilers have no interest in being in. But even the fact that we can have that conversation feeds more into the fact that we don't know who the Edmonton Oilers are yet. Yeah, and I know you said they have no interest in being a lottery team, but I'm just imagining a team with Connor McDavid and Connor Bedard at the same time, and, and how terrifying that would be, uh, I know that that's probably not going to happen. But yeah, this Oilers team, I mean, I know yeah, I, I've seen a couple games with them being played. And like you said, McDavid and Dreisaitl very much doing their thing. And I, I think we get so used to McDavid being great. He's maybe having his best season this year because of all the goal scoring. I mean, in the past, it's been, yes, he can score goals, but he's going to get his points by passing the puck and getting those assists. But now he currently leads the league in goals. He's surpassed Jason Robertson. McDavid has 25, Robertson 23, and then Tage Thompson in the third spot out in Buffalo. And I, I think that's you know what tends to happen across all of sports with the star players. You get so used to them being great. And it's a shame because, like you said, the, the Oilers are just kind of a mediocre team at this point they have really good top end players but the depth is somewhat questionable and I know Jesse Pugliarvi has been a big topic of discussion as of late of maybe he just needs a change of scenery you know because the flashes of greatness have been there with Jesse Pugliarvi <laughs> yeah he even it's got the jersey boy. yeah finish boy <laughs> he's a great player at times but just has underperformed this season and and you know this is a team that made it to the conference finals last season and has aspirations to get there again if not deeper uh, and you know it just at some point you expect him to either flip a switch or maybe like you said you know flip the switch in a good way or maybe just kind of stay where they're at and plateau which I don't think is going to happen I imagine a team led by two of the best players in the world is eventually going to find a way to you know make things go up and maybe there's something that happens at the deadline that adds to the roster a little bit of Vander Kane will eventually come back I don't know what that timeline is um, but I mean, you just have to imagine with this team and how much talent they have that they'll find a way to make it work. 
Yeah, you pray. And you mentioned, could you imagine a team with Bedard, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins? Oh, my goodness. But then you sit there and you realize why you got there. But, yeah, you mentioned 25 goals, 30 assists for uh, uh, McDavid. Dreisaitl, 19 goals, 27 assists, 46 points for Dreisaitl, 55 for McDavid. They're both 1-2 and two in the league when it comes to points. But that's the issue. We haven't even mentioned the fact that we haven't even mentioned the defense yet. And that's the issue there. We haven't even mentioned Jack Campbell yet. That's the issue. We haven't mentioned Jack Campbell because he hasn't freaking played. He, the Oilers signed him for five years, $5 million, and Stuart Skinner is getting the games, which all the power to Stuart Skinner because he has earned it, and there's a reason why he has earned it, but either way. Um, and finally, I do want to say my other uh, uh, jury is out team, Calgary Flames. I mean, I think they're in the exact same boat as the Oilers. They, they somehow got their team better from moving on from Kachuk and uh, Goudreau, brought in Huberto, brought in Kadri to replace him. Oh, and by the way, we also got Mackenzie Weger too. And you sit there and you go, okay, this team should be better, but they're behind the Oilers. Yeah, it, it's it's bizarre. And it's, I mean, Stars fans and myself having watched a seven-game series back in the spring, Jacob Markstrom too, one of the most underrated goalies in this league. It, you would think that they'd be a little higher up. I, yeah, even before recording this, I knew that they weren't quite where they wanted to be. I didn't know that they were as low as they are in the standings. Yeah, I mean, if you went into the offseason knowing you were going to lose Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau, you'd be pretty devastated. But then you find out who they get in return or who they yeah. get to replace those players, and you think, oh, they're going to be just fine. It just hasn't been the case yet. How about a little Connor Bedard in Calgary? How, how about Connor versus Connor in the Battle of Alberta? Huh? I like that one. The script is writing itself. That would be that'd be incredible. <laughs> All righty, Dane. Let's wrap it up there. Uh, Dane, welcome to the first show on the national show. Where can the people find you? Social media, the show, everything. Yeah, for sure. This has been a ton of fun. I'm glad to to be here on Tuesdays. You can just find me on social media, on Twitter, just an at Dane, double underscore, and then my last name, Lewis. And if you're interested in anything Dallas Stars, you can find the Locked on Stars podcast. If you want a little bit more information there, of course, here I'll try to try to be like you, Brett, and not be as much of a homer unless the Stars do something really good. Or if they do something really bad, then I'll probably talk about them a little bit. But that that's really where you can find me at. Appreciate a day and end for me. You can find me everywhere, including my Nexopia at the real Holden 40. You can also find the show. You don't care about me, you care about the show. And you can find Locked On Oilers everywhere, including on Twitter at Locked On Oilers and on YouTube, Locked On Oilers. There, if you haven't subscribed already, what are you doing? Either way, Dane, let's wrap it up there. We shall be back next Tuesday to discuss even more of the Western Conference shenanigans. Until then, we shall see you soon.